two, one. You're supposed to not count down the two and one. Oh, I'm yeah. sorry. Well, we're back for another episode of Wilted. Oh. <laughs> morning everybody <laughs> me and emily are slightly here <laughs> we do have our mediums with us jennifer and zoe hello Hi. okay so you're gonna have to talk louder than that <laughs> <laughs> she just mammed you <laughs> it's fine. today we are going to be doing the chastain house i know a lot of people were really excited about the chastain house they have been waiting for this Today we're doing it, and I'm so excited that we have Jennifer and Zoe with us. So I want to preface this episode with a trigger warning, and I also feel like we say preface a lot, but it's fine. You know what? Make a drinking game out of it. I don't know. There you go. (laughs) As our mediums were walking through the Chastain house, they saw some unimaginable things. They uncovered a dark history of the house that some people may not be aware of. Again, we do have both Zoe and Jennifer with us today. A disclaimer to this story, it is not intended to slander any family or family member associated with the house. I feel like that was important because some of the details in the Chastain house are a little... A little muggy. A little edgy. They, a little edgy. They a bit much. A little muggy. So, there wasn't a lot of history on the house according to the internet, and most of the history was pretty blurry. Uh, But we did have some locals and even a descendant of the family give a pretty creepy detail. So that is what I have to go off with with the Chastain house because this house is super bizarre. Mm -hmm. It is weird. I don't, there's like, there's like everything and nothing again, Mm -hmm. all in one, rolled into this this little cute bun. Yeah. And I don't know. I was like, what am I supposed to do with this information? Mm -hmm. But we did do our investigation. So we'll, we'll go into that too. So, the Chastain House is located in Fannin County, Georgia, in the Blue Ridge Mountains. The house has not had very many owners. When it came available, a judge in Blue Ridge by the name of Robert Sneed bought the property around 2007-2008. When he purchased the home, he was unaware of the people that still resided within the home. Mm, Like people or Um, like people people or like... No, no. Okay. They they was dead. Okay. (laughs) That shot right over my head. (laughs) There is a caretaker there named Ricky that has been with the property for a very long time. I feel like he told me like 18 years at this point. Yeah. He makes sure that anybody that doesn't have permission to be there is dealt with accordingly. He has some strange stories of his own and is very aware of the spirits within the home. With the, with the, on the subject of Ricky, I have a lot of um, people say that, Anytime they've driven past the house, they're like, yeah, it's a really creepy house, but nobody really knows what's going on with the people next door to it in the campers. And I went ahead and told them, like, that's just Ricky. Super sweet. Oh, my gosh. Such a sweet man. Such a sweet person. He is a character for sure, but Mm -hmm. he is very sweet, and he would never mean any (laughs) harm. So don't be creeped out by the man in the camper that lives next door. He's just there taking care of the place, and very, very sweet old man. 
The judge bought the property in hopes of turning it into a bed and breakfast. His dreams were put on hold when the workers hired for the job refused to go back into the house. The workers would report hearing footsteps on the stairs, which there's only one set of stairs that's Mm -hmm. located inside the big white home. They would also report that their tools were being moved and put in random places in the house. When you first walk up to the main house, you will notice the beautiful boxwood trees that are about 200 years old and that the house is two stories with large porches on each level. The roof in the front consists of three pointed arches with windows in each point. Inside the house, everything is a skeleton because, again, the home is being renovated. There are eight rooms located inside the home, four rooms on the bottom at each corner of the house and four rooms on the second floor in each corner of the house. Each room also has a fireplace, which has the same rock that was original to the home. Another part of the house that is original are the ceilings and the floors. Okay. Once you top the second floor and take a right, you will be in one of the eight rooms. If you look up to the ceiling, you will notice a child's handprint up there. Mm-hmm. It's like, uh, yo. Why you got handprints on your Why you ceiling? up there? Yeah. yeah. Also, when you walk up to the second floor... And take a left, you will notice a room with so many toys, such as stuffed animals, glow sticks, which we left a glow stick as well, and I will explain why later. Plastic horses, balls, there's all kinds of stuff. If you walk down the hall to the room directly in front of the toy room, you will notice a desk. This desk is also original to the property. The desk has a mysterious bloody child's handprint that is has been soaked into the wood and distorted just because it's been there for so long. Nobody really knows how those handprints got where they were, especially the one located on the ceiling because, like, what the hell? How does that even get up there? I have no idea. There are many structures on the property, some of which have a wonderful history, while others are much darker. There is the original log cabin, a barn, and then a smaller barn that I will name Barn 2. There's also a spring head and a smokehouse. Oh, and I almost forgot. Not really. There's a family cemetery located on the property on the backside of the house up the mountain. It's a hike that tried to take my life. Yes, I (laughs) agree. Also located inside the home, there is an attic, basically. I mean, there's there's storage up there. There's room up there. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't really know that there's any way to get up there other than the holes that they've created Yeah, (laughs) with a ladder underneath it. Yeah. But there is an attic, and I feel like that's important to the story as well. Now, I have painted a picture for you. I'm going to let Jennifer tell her experience from the moment that she arrived to the property, and then I'm going to let let Zoe explain what she experienced. Again, we do not tell them where we are going. We only tell them the city and or the distance we have to drive to get there. So, Jennifer, take the stage with what you saw when you arrived to the property and what you saw when you walked into the main house. Okay. So, <clears throat> when we first pulled up, the first thing I noticed is there there were soldiers in the yard. Um, <laughs> uh, some Confederate soldiers were in the yard. They were kind of just milling about. It almost looked like they were keeping watch. None of them really, like, want, cared to speak so much. And, you know, I just kind of walked around the house looking, and I noticed the crawl space underneath and was like, ooh, I've got to go in there because what medium doesn't want to crawl in a crawl space? <laughs> <laughs> and um, so when we first walked into the house, well, I also saw a little girl in the upstairs window. Mm-hmm. Um, and standing on the side of the house uh, looking at it, it was the upstairs window towards the back of the house. 
um, and there was a little girl standing in the window. And uh, we went into the house, and I immediately felt drawn upstairs. I kind of walked around the bottom floor a little bit. And then as I walked upstairs, um, a little girl greeted me. She said hello, and she said her name was Alice. And really, that was the most interaction I had out of Alice. Um, she was mm-hmm. quite eager to greet me, to say hello, and uh, wanted me to tell everybody Alice said hello. And I did that. I did see three girls. The second one told me her name was Sarah. And the third little girl seemed very frightened. Um, and she didn't want to tell me her name. And she stayed up in the attic area. And she seemed very uncomfortable that I could see her. And then I know you kind of was going to do me and Zoe, but part of it uh, was kind of together the same because Zoe came up um, and you came up with Zoe. And Zoe had that very yes major yes, reaction. That is true. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can, if it goes to, if it coincides, y'all go. Um, cause before we even got there, I had that picture drawn too. Before we even got there, uh, I had, cause one thing that I'm, I do, I do scrying often and I just kind of had this image of my head of this. And explain, um, explain scrying. Sometimes with scrying, you'll get images in your head or you'll see things that you know aren't typically should be there. And it's kind of like you are drawing it without even fully processing what you're drawing at all. You're just going you're just going without like and it was of this opening of the door and in front was staircase a slight opening into a hall and then to the left was another opening into a room we get there i i barely even see inside and i have to stop for a second and just take a breath like okay cool this is gonna be fun yeah me and zoe and i were walking in at the same time and she was like stop i need you to look at this and she showed me what she had drawn in the car on the way up there. And I was like, holy hell, Zoe. <laughs> yes, because it was mm. the entrance to the house. <laughs> and so we were like, Zoe. And we've never been there. Yeah. And, yeah, and they had never been there. They had no idea where we were going. As a matter of fact, I said, once we get to the house, and you were like, oh, okay, so it's a house. And I was like, yeah. Yeah. And once we got in, I was kind of looking around trying to get uh, well, before we even went into the house, because we walked around, me and my mother took turns walking around the building trying to get like a baseline reading of it. And I'm walking towards the back over to where that crawl space is. And I just hear a man's voice go, woohoo. I just turned myself right back around and started heading back to the car because I was like, okay, it's too early for this already. You're like, no, take your woohoo back. <laughs> yeah, I don't want it. Take it back. <laughs> but once we were inside, I was like, I want to go upstairs, but something, I'm nervous about it. And just started, we all started mosing our way up there. And before I even see the room on your left with all the t- children's toys, I just started crying because it just felt like a wave of just pain and sad and just not, it was overwhelming. And I could feel like, cause I, I, I don't get to see the actual shapes of the spirits. I'll get images and I can feel that they're there and I can feel what their emotions are with certain things. But I could feel like almost that childlike kind of like a child being very like, Hey, hey, hey it's okay. Mm-hmm. Everything's okay. It sucks, but everything's okay. Yeah. Well, you even made the comment, too, when you started crying, because you were very overcome. You were kind of shaking and crying. And the what you said out of your mouth was, they hurt her. They did something awful. 
we did some more walking around. We called you guys up, you know, and or I called down and was like, hey, Alice, tell, tell me to tell you hello. Which is funny that you said that because as soon as I walked in the door, I opened, I opened the door up to the, the house. And I said, hello. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. You're right. And um, we walked around a little bit, um, getting more of a baseline. And we walked back downstairs. And I decided that I couldn't wait. I had to go in the crawl space because <laughs> it just... It, it, also, when you were upstairs, you went into the one of the four rooms up there that was closer to the front of the house, mm -hmm. and whatever it was scared you? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm so sorry. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, I felt very uncomfortable, and I was looking in the the fireplace because I was very interested in the fireplace because they, they look old and, and you don't see fireplaces made like that very often. And so I was looking in and I decided I wanted to see if I could look up the chimney. And as I'm doing that, I see something out of the corner of my eye and it's like a kid's face poking around the corner because it's a shell. So in this corner, it looks like it might eventually be like a, a small closet. Yes. But right now it's just like the beams and, and nothing else. And I see this kid's face and it just startled me so much. I went backwards. It startled the child. Um, and it was it was like if you could record that and see both of our reactions, it would have been hilarious. It was because I was like, uh, <laughs> what just happened? Yeah, we, yeah. Were, we were downstairs setting tech equipment up and we heard, yeah. we heard her upstairs shuffle and we're like, what's going yeah, on it's there? <laughs> Normal everyday business for Jennifer. A ghost just scared me, you know. <laughs> um, they do startle you from time to time. But so then we went back downstairs and Zoe and I decided we wanted to go in the crawl space, which was kind of an interesting, perfect kind of situation the way they've got it worked up because, you know, the judge told us that's not original to the house, the right. crawl space. So they lifted the house and it's and poured a concrete pad and then the house is sitting up on these cement blocks. So it's kind of this nice, neat, tidy little place that you can crawl underneath. <clears throat> but interestingly enough, the down the crawl space is kind of organized like the whole house is. You've got a hallway kind of down the center, mm -hmm. and then you've got four rooms, four one rooms. at each corner. And uh, Zoe and I both felt pretty drawn to, if you're facing the crawl space, the front left corner of the room. And uh, when we went in there, um, there was another soldier in there. But he, he didn't seem too keen that we were there. It was almost like he was hiding. This was his safe space. And why were we in his space? Mm -hmm. And then Zoe started feeling drawn to the room on the opposite corner on the right of the house. At that point in time, my old 44-year-old knees had had enough. <laughs> and I crawled myself right on out. So I didn't go back in there to investigate what was over in that corner. And I, I, I followed right behind her because I, I didn't want to be in down there alone. <laughs> and then we went back into the house and Zoe and I wandered back upstairs. And Zoe started singing the Itsy Bitsy. She went into mm -hmm. the room. I Because I, I came in before you guys did. And as I was getting in there and I was starting to go up the stairs because I just wanted to go back upstairs to where the girls were. It felt like someone was like, hold on, wait, be careful on the stairs. Because every single time I would go up the stairs, one of whoever was with us would be like, careful on the stairs. And it was kind of interesting. That several yeah. Times. I was like, just be careful on the stairs without telling you anything. Mm -hmm. And I was like, kind of stopped. And I was like, maybe I should wait on someone. I was like, no, I want to go upstairs. And when you had saw the little girl in the window, whenever we pulled up, I was immediately drawn to the room next to it, which is the room with the desk. And I realized I'm whistling the Itsy Bitsy Spider as I'm walking up. And I was like, okay, these are children. It's probably, who knows? It's a, it's a nursery rhyme. And I go and I sit in this room in front of this desk. And I realize I'm singing this song into the desk. And it feels like someone's watching me. 
and just very calm, very like calming down, very eased. And that's whenever I called mom up there because I was like, one of these girls is hiding in this desk. And so when we were sitting, I felt once mom walked into the room, it I got a little bit nervous and mom was sitting there. And that's whenever we figured out the girl's name is Sarah. Mm-hmm. And she was sitting. So like in this older desk in the part where you would pull your chair up to mm-hmm. in yes. that hollow part. And she was sitting and she was sitting on her bottom and like holding both of her legs, like with her knees and her arms right. kind of balled up. And just watching, and again, she was nervous um, that I could see her. You can tell, uh, you could tell some spirits they're quite used to being able to make noises, move things, and let you know that they're there. But they're not necessarily used to people that can see them and openly communicate with them. And some of them are thrilled when they come across somebody like me, and some of them are like, "Okay, you're in my space," you know. Like <laughs> I'm not used to people <laughs> looking at me, you know. And she was a little bit nervous, and um, I just sat there and talked to her for a little bit. And Zoe sat there, and I really felt like, and I guess we'll talk. We'll probably end up talking more about this as we talk about the events of the day. But the kids, the little girls, really, Alice and Sarah, really liked Zoe, um, and felt very comfortable with Zoe. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she finally, Sarah, this and Sarah finally told me that her name was Sarah and she, we assured her that nobody was there to hurt her. We just wanted to meet her. We just kind of wanted to hang out with her for a little while, mm-hmm. you know, and she seemed to warm up this whole time. Cause you had mentioned in the attic area where they had kind of like made holes and, and that's exactly it. There would be parts where you couldn't see up into the attic at all. And then there would be parts where there was gaps in the, in the yes. wood and you could see parts of it. And this third little girl would, I kept looking up because, you know, I could feel somebody looking at me and I'd, I'd look up and she'd be peering over watching us. But as soon as I would look up and she would see me, she'd kind of retreat like back. Scurry back. Yeah, retreat back. And I just, I kept trying so hard to um, convince this little girl that nobody here was there to hurt her, which we never really got through mm-hmm. to that. Yeah. And then after the little girl, after Sarah with the um, desk. Which is funny because Zoe was squatted down because we're all walking around and everything. Mm -hmm. Zoe was squatted down and she was whispering into the opening where the chair goes. Mm -hmm. And she was talking to Sarah and I walk in the room and Zoe was like, that's Lauren. Yeah, that's Lauren. (laughs) And I was like, hey, Sarah. And that's when I pulled out my glow because I was Mm -hmm. carrying it with me. I had my glow stick and I was like, look, I got a little gift for you. And. And she was like, oh, my gosh, she got you a glow stick. I'm like, I'm talking nothing. <laughs> Zoe. <laughs> because at that point, I realized I was like, if someone came into my house and I had no idea who they were, I'd be terrified, exactly. too. Exactly. <laughs> so, so you introduced. Like, trying to be like, okay, this is this. And, like, I was just speaking to, even if that girl, in the, uh, the little girl in the attic was listening, to, I was explaining who people were and that. Everyone is a good person. No one's here is going to let any harm happen. Right. Because... Uh, the the moment I walked up the stairs that first time, I was like, uh uh-uh, uh uh uh, what uh, mm, whatever did this is yeah, and you got to think too like perspective wise. So we want to think to ourselves because someone passed long ago in Earth years, they would be X amount of years old. When they pass, they pass as children, and they are eternally children. Right. So you're still dealing with little kids, and imagine like today, if you were to just walk into some little kid's home, they would be terrified. Mm-hmm. 
you know. Exactly. <clears throat> so it's sometimes it's good to keep the perspective, and I have to remind myself that sometimes. Remember that we're dealing with exactly with children, and then. Yeah. Yeah. Was yeah, that everything that point, y'all saw? In the yeah. House? From from the first before we went outside and did more outside, that was pretty much. I do want to mention the fact that downstairs, energetically felt empty. Other than us, it felt void of right. everything. Okay, so that's everything you guys experienced in the main house. So I'm going to get into a little bit about the family, a little bit. What I could dredge up. Jason Coward Chastain was a pioneer who married his wife, Mary Polly Rogers, on Christmas Eve, 1840. Jason was a Freemason, and the family owned their own sawmill. They were pretty well-to-do. They migrated down to Blue Ridge, Georgia, from North Carolina, with their covered wagon loaded down with materials to build their first log cabin. The Chastains were the first family to settle in the area. The Chastains would end up having 10 children. Now, this is all their kids, just first and middle name. They had Elizabeth Jane, Sarah Ann Parlee, Martha Althus Aveline, Mary Melvina, Junius Manlove, Jonathan Bunyan, Estella Augustine, Lutetia Louisa Victoria, William, and Alice Havana. They built their log cabin to live in while their house was being built, which was finished in 1841. I did read that there was another home on the property before the Chastains built the big White House that you see now. It was about 100 yards from where the house sits now. And I'm not sure if they tore it down upon their arrival or if it had been removed before the family got there. But if they had settled in the area, if they were the first ones to settle in the area. But I did see that there were three structures on the property. The log cabin, the house that sits there now, and something else. Mm -hmm. So... That one's a little blurry. There was a spring head that was built by a few Native Americans that stayed behind and didn't make the terrible journey on the Trail of Tears. Remember those boxwoods from earlier? They were actually planted by Mary Chastain from a small clipping from another boxwood tree. And she was hoping they would grow into larger trees. It is rumored that a small child was buried or still is under those trees. Mm, that's interesting. Yeah. The family was soon dealt a hard blow when in 1862, Alice Chastain passed away at the age of 10. Reports say that she died from diphtheria. All of the other children lived to be adults, married, had children of their own, except Alice. Her tragic death was reportedly an ongoing source of grief for the Chastain family. Early today, Alice can be seen peering out of the second story window at any given time. So that goes along with what you what guys saw, were saying. Yeah. Yes. So that that's why I would assume that that was probably her room. Most likely. Yeah. If not her bedroom, maybe a playroom mm-hmm. or whatever with that many people yes. in, a, in a house with eight. It's a large house, but divided very squarely into eight rooms. That was probably still a very crowded house. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I imagine like probably a few girls stayed in one room mm-hmm. together. Once the Civil War began, the Chastains made trapdoors in their house to hide Confederate soldiers from the Union. According to the judge, one of the daughters actually had a boyfriend that was a soldier, and they would hide him out a lot. Now, I heard the trapdoors would go into the attic, not into the underground. Mm-hmm. So, I'm like, I don't know why they would be under there, but the house was also rumored to be an orphanage. Upon further research, it never actually was. It was willed to the Baptist Child Trust by Sarah Chastain Brawley, who inherited the home. Which was one of the one of the kids. Right. But according to locals, that's not what it was used for. 
It is said people who didn't want their children would take them to the Chastains or abandoned children in the area would end up at the home as well. And with the Chastains taking them in came horrible tales of abuse, torture, and children being killed on the property. Some of the children that wound up there were even said to be experiments. According to Allie Teams, a descendant of the wife of or the wife Mary Chastain, there was a doctor who performed these experiments on the children, and he even kept a little boy as a quote unquote toy. Also, Ryan Galloway said his grandmother mentioned a traveling doctor in the area, which leads me to wonder if they were the same person. I won't mention the name of the doctor because this is purely conjecture on my part. Mm-hmm. So. You know, I don't, yeah. I don't want to slander anybody. So, the interesting thing about Sarah. So, Sarah, you know, we had Alice. Alice was kind of like, she greeted us, and then we never had any interaction mm-hmm. with her for the rest of the night. Mm-hmm. It's almost like she's the... Well, and you have to remember, back then, children were seen and not heard. Mm-hmm. So, she said her hellos, and then she... And, and I feel like, although she died from diphtheria, which wasn't a pleasant death, the other things that Zoe and I picked up later... That we'll go into in a little bit. I don't think she died the same tragic, horrible, unjust, unjust death mm-hmm. that somebody else did. And she was still around because that one picture that was taken that you can see me and a person in the window, I, that was Alice. Yeah. I, yeah. Also, the entire time, like, whenever I, was, I started crying and stuff, there's, there's a very clear energy difference between Sarah and Alice, and it's really interesting. Yeah, finally hearing you talk about the history of it because I remember thinking these girls were sisters, but they weren't sisters. Right, right. And it felt very much so like Alice was very was very like, hey, things suck, but it's gonna be okay. Mm-hmm. We're gonna we're gonna. So here's my theory <laughs> on this, though. Okay, so Sarah, I'm not sure if it's a Sarah Chastain uh, no, because mm-hmm. it was not. a child and Sarah grew up to be an adult. So what I'm thinking is with these children that came through, there must have been a Sarah because mm-hmm. they answered us very clearly that they were not related by blood. They could have been one of the abandoned if children. If Alice was a spirit in the house, children are known because they don't have any... Malice? The, they don't... Well, and then, then it's always said that they're a little bit... They can see things more. So I'm wondering if these children were able to see Alice and Alice was kind of like a... Like Like a light for them. Yes. So that's why I'm wondering if Sarah and Alice were very close, but Sarah, if there was a Sarah in the house when these children were coming through, Mm -hmm. if she passed away, then Sarah and Alice kind of just continued what Alice was doing by trying to make children feel more comfortable. Or even if Sarah entered the house before Alice passed, because the the timeline is kind of muddy on that. Right. But as you're sitting here reading this, Zoe and I are just sitting here looking at one another because things that we were feeling and hearing and seeing make so much sense now. Yeah. And I couldn't find any timelines as far as like when it was, when it was an orphanage, when these kids were coming in, when it stopped, like I, I could not find any of that. With the dowsing rods, because that, that, I forget who had them, but asked, were you guys sisters? And it started going to yes, and it was like, by blood, and then it went back straight. Right. And I was like, right. ah, that's it. Because yes. with me and my mom, how our family was, we brought in a lot of people. and um, Exactly. And you it consider It felt the them. exact same way, almost, with how these girls were reacting with each other, um, how I felt with some of the people that we would bring in. Like, it was like, we're siblings, but we're not siblings. Mm-hmm. We're here to take care of you. Mm-hmm. But it felt like it. In that house, a lot of things went south very yes. fast. 
And we will, and I'll also get into our investigation where we do the K2, the dowsing mm-hmm. rods, the spirit box, and some of the stuff I put in here, it may dredge up something like okay. memories from that night. Mm-hmm. And then we can all just mm-hmm. perfect have a heyday. Allie also said that Mr. Chastain murdered his wife and other girls that were on the property. Jennifer and Zoe mentioned Alice, Sarah, and Ruth. I could not find anything on Sarah and Ruth, or maybe y'all didn't mention that yet because we couldn't get her name. Yeah, I hadn't mentioned Ruth yet because remember, I actually got her name when we were walking up to the cemetery. Right. No, I wasn't in the house when it, right. the name came to me. Yes, yes. But there, but you did mention the three girls. Mm-hmm. I assume they were orphans or abandoned by their parents and met their demise when they entered the Chastain home. Unfortunately, we may never actually know what happened to a lot of the children on the property. So, and then when I was reading this, I was like, what if the Chastains were so upset about Alice? Because, again, we don't have a timeline as to when these kids were coming in. And and we do have when Alice passed away, which was 1862. But these kids could have come in afterwards. What if they were so upset about Alice passing away that they were, like, hurting these kids because they were upset about losing their own? It's possible. And with it not being an official orphanage, if this was, like, where people abandon their children and things like that. And if they were doing things to these children, they wouldn't want a record, right? Exactly. So, and there's nobody overseeing this. So who knows? There's no government official saying, okay, well, this child entered this home and checking up to see if that child was okay. So it kind of would give them, and and again, this is conjecture and Mm -hmm. and that's the most that we can offer um, because it's not, there's no record. Um, all I know is what I saw and what I felt. Right. You know, so they could be doing whatever they wanted to these children and never be held accountable for it in this life. Exactly. Exactly. Also, this land may have a dark cloud looming over it because just like the Tillys and the Stanleys from Tilly Bend, there was also two families feuding in this story. The Chastains and the Brawleys were two families in this area that despised each other. Now, I have asked around and tried to dig up anything, find out why these two families might have been feuding, and I couldn't find anything. So, I just tried to put some things together on my own. So, the first one I came up with was land. The two families may have been feuding over who was getting what. And actually, one of the Brawleys took over the land where the Chastain house sits now. There was a pavilion-like structure on the property that the Chastains loved. Well, the Brawleys tore it down to be dicks. (laughs) So, (laughs) and strangely enough, Sarah Chastain married Harrison Brawley, which she's the one that inherited the house. house. Yes. Ooh, I bet that made mom and dad mad. <laughs> I, and I and I actually put in here, it was like a Romeo and Juliet sitch, except they lived. They didn't kill themselves. They, yes. Sarah inherited the home, but I couldn't figure out when exactly they took it over. All that good stuff. Two, the Brawleys knew what was happening at the Chastain home, and they were totally appalled. They were trying to stop it. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. it's like, you're hurting these kids. This isn't right. The two families are fighting about it. I mean, that's that's feasible. Yeah. And then three, they could have been on opposing sides, like Emily mentioned with the, the Stanleys and the Tillys. Mm-hmm. Because I did mention that Mr. Chastain helped Confederate soldiers hide from the Union soldiers. Possibly the Brawleys were on the Union side. Nonetheless, I couldn't find why. But it could have something to do with the energy of the land. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I don't know if it's okay if I mention this. I think it's important to note that this the Chastain house is literally 
right around the corner from the Tilly Bend. It is. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I sensed that very old, very evil presence in the woods over at Tilly Bend. Mm-hmm. And you had made mention that uh, in some of your research that the Native Americans, when they were driven out, purposely released or called upon certain entities and yes, left there. Yes, I left so, that out. So the Chastains actually ended up getting the house in the in the Cherokee Indian removal. Right. So that's so, where they got their land from. So it is very possible that the negative evil energy that affected things at Tilly Bend also was affecting what happened at the Chastain mm-hmm. house. And when you get something... That evil, all it takes is a little seed of anger to make it grow. Right. And it can literally poison everyone it touches. So I find it very interesting. And again, just conjecture. Mm-hmm. I strongly believe that the evil that affected Tilly Bend is the same evil that affected what happened at this Chastain house. It is so close. It is very possible. I mean, you could literally walk from one to the mm-hmm. other in, in less than an hour walking. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's me being 44 and fat, walking slow. <laughs> you are not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. You younger whippersnappers could probably walk it in 30 minutes, but I'm going to need an hour. No, I would, I would probably need an hour and a half. Now, there are some other structures on the property that I had mentioned before. There was the log cabin, the barn, and barn two. I'm going to let Jennifer and Zoe take over with their experience of the log cabin. This was the first home of the Chastains before the bigger home was built. I have no other history on the cabin that they built when they moved in, other than they lived in it before their bigger house was built. I don't know how they lived in it because it is literally the it size is so of tiny. A, it's the size of a chicken. Oh, but did they have all, did they have all ten children then? Is what I'm wondering because that's something I don't know. So when we pulled up and I was doing my initial like walking around getting a baseline outside, I saw the cabin and I immediately just had this feeling that someone had lived there. It wasn't like just a shed; it was a home. And I did mention that. So I am going to say that they did not have all those kids because Alice was 10 in 1862. The house was done around 1841. Right. So, that, I mean, there's no way. That place was so small. I just don't see how they could have had 10 children in that tiny exactly. little thing. Um, but I immediately didn't, it didn't feel like a shed. It felt like a home. And it's, with what I do, there are certain inanimate objects that carry an energy with it. And a home that was somebody's home has a very specific energy as opposed to a shed Mm -hmm. or a barn. And so I could tell that it was at some point a home. And when we decided to go downstairs and go outside, hey, let's look around outside, get our bearings before it gets dark. We walked into the shed and Zoe and I were both very hesitant to walk in that shed because as we drew closer to the shed, the feeling um, that I got was one of pain, one of fear. I kind of stood there for a minute before we decided to walk in. You know, and y'all were like, if you don't want to walk in, don't walk in. And I'm like, well, no, I just, yeah. you know, I really want to, I really I want always, to go. Yeah. I always want y'all to feel comfortable. If you don't feel comfortable going in a place or it's going to be too much, I'm like, Jennifer and Zoe, you absolutely do not have to go into this place. Right. See, it's funny that you felt it as a home first, because as we were walking up to, I didn't really put much thought to it as we were walking around because I was focusing on the house. But as we were walking to it, uh, I just started getting that very, very scared, almost like, please don't, please no, please no kind of feeling like, and that started making me angry because it felt like a child's fear. Mm -hmm. And the more we got closer to it, 
And whenever we opened the door, I knew exactly what that place was for a lot of those girls. And I just got angry and I had to leave at one point from it because it, that, 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 that home turned into a punishment room. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It did. And it is interesting because when you walked in, there was a, a bigger room. I say bigger yeah. ratio wise because no, the whole thing wasn't very big. And then there was a wall and a door that separated into a very, very small area. And inside that small area was very intense of, Beyond the fear and the pain, there was a sense of an adult in there that meant harm. I didn't I didn't actually, Zoe stepped all the way in there. I didn't actually step all the way in there because I just didn't feel comfortable with whatever spirit that was in there because I feel like that spirit, were it capable, would cause harm to anybody that goes in. Oh, okay. And I do believe, like Zoe said, that was a room, I probably not when they lived in it, but I think once the big house was built... And that was no longer a main home. That is where children were sent to be punished. Okay, I was going to ask. And I also feel like children were locked in there. Because there was, yeah, there was a sense of, let me out. I can't get out. I'm hungry. I'm thirsty. I, I do believe that they were locked in there for long periods of time and deprived of food and water and physically beat. Yeah. I and the main reason why I went to that smaller room is because that that whenever that that ch- the fear feeling of a child kicked in my brain, I processed and I realized that is a child that is scared, and I could tell that there was an adult active in that situation. So I was like, I'm going in here, and I'm not going to be scared because whatever is causing these children to still feel afraid needs to back off because this right. is not. It was making me like, like almost irrationally angry. Of like, yeah, uh, uh, no, 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 no. These are kids. <laughs> if I felt that, I would feel irrationally angry too. Yes. So I feel like that's a valid response. <laughs> oh, yeah. It is. Yes. And honestly, when we are experienced these things from these spirits, we feel their emotions, and that can be extremely overwhelming at times because it will conflict with your own emotions. So you feel yeah. the child's fear. And then the mother and me kicks in. So I'm feeling the fear and the protective leave them alone at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yes. And Zoe did have a very emotional reaction once we left. And we walked, they, she, she walked out. We were still kind of like standing off to the side. And Zoe, she kept grabbing to the door, but was very hesitant. And she just finally looked at her mom and said, I cannot close this door. And was overcome with emotion and started crying. Because she was like, I feel if I, I feel like I'm locking them in. I, like did, I didn't did. want to be the, I didn't want to be the person to close out the light for them. Yeah. Because that was, that, that room is scary for them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And <sighs> just, ooh. It can be overwhelming even when you think back <laughs> yeah. on it. Oh, yeah. yeah. It yes. absolutely can. So that was what we got from the shed or cabin or whatever. Yeah. So they lived there. They built their home. Once I am, again, conjecture, they started taking these kids in. And then to punish them, they would send them out into the log cabin and do whatever. whatever. Now, and I'm going to do this out of order from the way we went, but we're going to move to the big barn again. I don't have any history on this barn. This was basically, I mean, because who who would, I mean, this barn was built in this year and they used it for their horses and, right. you, know, you know what I mean? Well, it, go ahead, sweetheart. Um, Before we got to the big barn, that 
bridge, what you felt about that little tiny bridge. Though. Yeah, walking over. Yes. Walking yeah, that one over. was a little weird. Yeah, walking over to the big barn, you have to, there's like the little stream, which I know we'll get into the spring head thing that was built. So there's a little spring and there's a, a bridge over it and it's also very overgrown with weeds so you can't even see the water underneath it i just got this instinct that there is something under that bridge that if you give it the opportunity it would love to suck you in yeah Mm -hmm. um and so it made me a little bit uncomfortable but i also knew that you all you're gonna have to go into its territory for Mm -hmm. it because it's 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 limited what they can and can't do is limited it's like a troll yeah it is it's like a troll under the bridge bridge troll (laughs) yeah they have a bridge troll it's it's interesting now though knowing about the Native Americans on that land too because I remember walking over and I was like this isn't natural human energy this is at me being practicing you can feel the difference mm-hmm. between right. someone has made something to cause this energy and this energy is naturally there and it's interesting knowing about the Native Americans I'm like wondering if that was something placed there yes because it's like okay because I remember I put down three pennies because that's sometimes a very good like thing to kind of do kind of like hey no harm is meant this is a gift. You're paying the troll. Basically. <laughs> yes. Pay the troll. Yeah. You have and, to pay your dues to get over the bridge. And because uh, I always try to keep pennies with me for that kind of reason. And I was like, this doesn't feel like this is like natural. This is like someone did something to put whatever energy is there. And it's like. So we walk over to the big barn and I feel like that was the only structure on the whole property that was nothing but positive energy right Right. okay so in this barn a lot of fun was had a lot of just good times is what i got from that the only thing that was kind of interesting or creepy really in that was that you all those original doors they had a stack of original doors that they're storing in that barn while they're doing the renovations and on the one of the doors you look up and at the very top of the door is a a child's handprint yes. in in the dust. And you, I think you took a picture of it. I did take a picture and, it and I is, will post it. It is a child's handprint. And I, I saw that. I'm like, Lauren, look. I'm like, this is a little kid's handprint. And it was one of the original doors from the house. So I found that interesting. But I felt nothing but good vibe from this barn. Good times were had. Um, interactions with animals. Zoe is the one that had the more very pinpoint specific from yeah. I love that. It's, it is the third stall on the left side of the barn if you're coming in through the back i got the image of this taught like looking up as uh like a child but but like not super young but of this black and white horse where its mane was cut short and it was spotted um and like very just a lot of spots and i could just got the name pinto bean not like a bean but like that was the horse that was pinto bean and I thought that that was really interesting, and it made me like really happy. And like I was like, "This is cool. This is really nice. I yeah, like this. My I horse. Enjoy this. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I really enjoyed it. I was like, "This is a nice image to have after going it's a to nice, that little yes, it log was a nice cabin. Break to it have was some positive oh, yeah. energy and, for you guys. And what's interesting reprieve. is feeling their emotions. And and this is a lot of the way that I experience things. I try my best to explain them, but some of it's hard to explain. So I don't feel the emotion of me, Jennifer, who is an adult and loves animals and horses, excitement. <laughs> you feel the energy like a kid. Mm-hmm. Like you feel the, oh my gosh, it's the horses. And, da, 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 and, and, and it's like it takes you back to that childhood expression of that emotion and that is just what that barn felt Mm -hmm. like so that was at least a bright spot on that property yes and like i mentioned earlier there were some happy places 
but uh, most of them were not. No. <laughs> so now we're going to get into barn two, barn. which is where we walked up to first before the big barn, before but I wanted barn. to. Yeah. So I had okay. to get that out. I did not get to go to the barns. Um, yeah. <laughs> Ricky. <laughs> He caught me while we were walking to the barn, so I was talking to Ricky the whole time. <laughs> but it <Yeah>. was fine. <laughs> he was sweet, and I was I was entertaining him. Yeah. So, so when as we were walking up to the barn, the barn two, there's a little top area like an attic area in like that barn, like a loft. There you go. And there's no doors on the door to that loft. And as we're walking to it, there was a man standing there leering at us. Um, and I could tell he wanted no part of us. He wanted to stay. He wanted us to stay away. And it, what's interesting is a little bit of a backtrack. When we pulled up, Ricky was there and there was another gentleman there with mm-hmm. Ricky. Yes. And I had asked you, hey, can you tell them to, as I get out, don't start telling me stories. Yes. And so you would ask them not to tell me stories. But before that second gentleman, and I'm sorry I didn't get his name, but before that second gentleman left, he felt the need to come up to me. And he said, ma'am, if, if you go down to that little barn down there, please be careful because there's just something evil about that building. And I thought, okay, well, that's interesting. I didn't want to tell him, oh, I'm going. You yeah, know? <laughs> right, right, yeah. <laughs> but I thought that was interesting. And as we drew closer to barn two, I could see the gentleman. Well, I'm not going to call him a gentleman because he was definitely not that. I could see this man um, in he the loft leering at us. Yeah, I mean, this is a bad dude. And he was... Not a big man, a little bit scrawny, like almost the type that you think, especially back in that time period, he probably got made fun of a lot for his small stature. Yeah, yeah. And we walked in, I unlocked the door and opened the door and I immediately, it was immediate and trigger warning. This Mm -hmm. is the trigger warning that you were referring to. I just want to let everybody know that. The first image that came to me was uh, children being raped. And it uh, it was pretty intense um, to say feeling pain, to fear is an understatement. There's other emotions that you feel that happen with something like rape. A loss of innocence is actually a feeling. That man, whoever he was, used that building to do unspeakable things to these children. And I say children because all of my interactions with children were little girls. But Zoe had some interaction with some males that I did not. So I don't want to sit there and say, oh, it was just the little girls that it happened to. I just children. There was no way to get up into the loft of that barn. And the man there stayed there. He wouldn't come down and interact. It was, this is not somebody who would openly attack another person. He was way too much of a coward for that. Um, He attacked small, helpless children that had no chance of defending themselves. And there was nothing about this man that would stand up to somebody that could fend for their own. He was a coward. He was a sick human being and he was a pedophile. And the things that happened to those children in that barn are horrible. Before we even fully got to the barn is whenever I got the image in my head of this scrawny man and a little girl with dark long hair in the mud and him just wailing on her face just hitting her and before like whenever that hit before we even get to the barn I was like okay I had to kind of focus on 
the protective angry I got because something in my brain was like, I'm not letting him feel those girls fear anymore mm-hmm. because all I could, all I could feel was just angry because in the fact that it felt like he was almost hiding once he realized we were not afraid of him. He was, he was downright hiding up there because as we were walking in, I could almost feel him like leaning over the top, like watching us go in. Yes. And Jennifer and I were standing up on the upper deck, you know, we were just taking a break and we were st- of, we the were of the main house and we were we were facing that small barn and she was just looking out there and I, I walked up to her and we were leaning on the railing and she's like he is just he's still there he's just standing in that loft and he is watching every single thing we do mm-hmm. yeah and Zoe said you know you could tell that he knew that we weren't afraid of him but beyond that I think part of what made this man uncomfortable is somebody knew what he did. These acts against this children was not something that he wanted known. So not only were we not afraid of him, now somebody knew mm-hmm. what he did. Yeah. yeah. And he did not like that or appreciate that, but he proved himself to be a coward. I couldn't stay there long. Zoe couldn't stay there long because it's, once, I was probably once, saying things that know, would have angered y'all him. Y'all were so angry. I was like, yeah. because, um. okay, when you told me, when we walked in and you were just like, you just stopped and you were like, children were raped in here. I was literally like, I gasped. I stopped. I was like, <gasps> actually now I've got goosebumps yeah, just I do thinking too. about it. I do too. Because it was so intense. It's like, it's so weird to think that you're standing in this place. Obviously you're in a different time. But you're standing in this place that these horrible things happened. And you uh, it's like, what would you even do if you walked in on that? Well, Don't I don't you? know what I would do. I mean, I know, <laughs> but, I'm just saying, yeah. like, the initial shock of the situation. Right. But mm-hmm. it, I just... And, 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 and then there's, you know, for those of us that are normal people that would never do something like that, there's this protectiveness that comes of, I'm going to protect this child, but there's a helplessness because this happened so many years ago, there's nothing mm-hmm. you can do. You can't undo what happened exactly. to these children. Exactly. Um, what they feel, what happened is just there. I actually texted my mom when you told me that. I said, I think I'm going to cry <laughs> because of what Jennifer told me. Mm-hmm. Yes. She's like, oh, my God, what happened? So I was like, I, I told her what you had said. Mm-hmm. She was like, does the judge know that? And I was like, I don't know that he does. And I also want to say this, too, because you made a point of, you know, not trying to say anything bad about anybody's family. I don't know this for sure mm-hmm. um, because the man never told me his name. Like I said, he didn't want anybody to know who he was or what he did. I did not get the impression that he was a Chastain. I got the feeling that he was a hired hand. So I definitely, so if anybody that's that's related to the Chastains is listening to this, I don't feel like this man was a family member. I feel like this man was a hired hand. He was hired to work there. I, there's actually, there's actually uh, things when me and Jeff and um, William went underneath the crawl space later on. There's, there's more on that actually too. Yeah. Um, and we can get into that too when we do the investigation because I know Jeff had his spirit box. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it was like, Y'all, all three went in there because we oh, did yeah. do a second round. We did our initial and then we did like a second round. Yeah. So, because so, all of this that we've explained, it was daylight. Yes. When all of this yeah. happened. Yes. Because um, we got there pretty early, like four o'clock or so, something yes. like that. And so it was to set up and everything. So this all happened in the daytime. 
Yes. Which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. And we thought to ourselves, this is going to be a crazy night because if we're having this much activity during the daytime, nighttime's bound to be crazy mm-hmm. is what we were all thinking. And another thing, too, like, because um, whenever we pulled up and, like, I, I'm very nervous around men, as it is, but Ricky. Ricky. Yeah, Ricky. Ricky. I remember looking at him thinking and, like, it, my brain being like, the girls really like him. I just remember being like, because mm-hmm. I because I didn't know at that point about the little girls in the house, and I was like, okay, that's an interesting thought. Yes, which but they really they it's almost like he acts like a buffer between the girls and what is in that little yes. shed. And what's interesting is his camper literally sits in, in the between the house and that second barn. Mm-hmm. So where he even like physically resides is between the girls and that barn yeah and it's almost like a protective barrier yeah Mm -hmm. yeah and i don't think ricky has a malicious bone in his body if you meet if you meet ricky he immediately you're like okay this is a good guy yes Mm -hmm. yes very ricky is is very very Mm -hmm. very sweet his brother's name is randy which i'm gonna do a zoe fun fact okay my dad's name is randy and his brother's name is ricky that is so, so neat (laughs) i love coincidences like that yeah yeah so two rickies and and randy's that are brothers. So now we'll move on to our short t- trip to the graveyard. It was very, very short-lived. There's only a few family members in it. It's not very big. It's a very small plot of land. It was hot. Lauren was melting. And we ended up heading back to the house to actually start investigating, which is where we get we got out all of our equipment after Jennifer and Zoe did their baseline. So yeah. the I mean, graveyard is like maybe half a mile up the mountain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it is up a mountain. But it's I, up a mountain. I'm pretty sure I drank two bottles of water just <laughs> walking that half. Yes. Because I was like, y'all did not tell me we were going to be hiking today. It was and... so muggy and hot. And I'm like... And that was a steep mountain. It was, Me yeah, and was. Jeff ended up getting there first because... Y'all did. Because, I, I mean, you know, if you're going uphill, stopping is the worst thing that you can do. Okay. <laughs> and also, you're 6'1", and I don't know how tall Jeff is, but he's tall and y'all have long legs, so <laughs> mm-hmm. you yes. can stuff it. But I took little steps and uh, <laughs> yeah. I was like, it the bitty little baby steps. Yeah. <laughs> I was following behind Jeff and Zoe at one point, and then I looked up and I was like, where'd they go? Actually, yeah. we, we thought we were going to get lost. Me, Jennifer, William, and Emma. Emily, we're all like, we would pass one another and then we would stop and it's like, y'all, y'all go ahead, I'll catch up. Yeah. yeah. And then we would want the another one, y'all go ahead, we'll hike. Uh, we, 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 were, we were hiking a relay, okay? <laughs> we were. And Zoe says you, the worst thing you can do is stop. Listen, no, my the calves worst, were on fire. The worst thing I can do is stop breathing. I don't care what Zoe <laughs> I, says. Yes, it's so sometimes worse. heart rate goes super fast and yeah. slow, then fast and slow. And you burn six, more calories that way, so that's what one, I was thinking. Your six-one long-legged self can just stop. <laughs> So, interesting, while we were walking up the hill, I got the name Ruth Ruthie. Yeah. And I looked at you and William, and I was like, Ruth or Ruthie. I think Ruth or Ruthie. And and it was just odd to me that it came to me as we're walking up this hill. And I just kept saying it, Ruth, Ruthie, Ruth, Ruthie. And, of course, Zoe had more experiences in the cemetery than I did, but when we got up there, we found that there was a Ruth that was buried there, but it was an older woman that had right, a picture right. on her. And they're like, look, there's a Ruth. And I'm like, yeah, but that's not that's the not Ruth. Her. I really don't think that's the Ruth. Um, other than the fact that there were some really old graves, and we wanted to know how they got some of the newer people that's been buried up there up that mountain to yeah. bury them. <laughs> 
Um, that was really the only experience I had in the cemetery was getting the name Ruth while we were up there and feeling like it wasn't the Ruth that was buried yes. there. Yes. The rest of it, Zoe actually had more experiences in the graveyard yes. than I did. I even, so, I even asked the judges, son, I'm like, how do they get <laughs> those newer graves? Like, how did they get them up there? He was like, I have no idea. Well, I was, I was noticing out there that there looks like there's a driveway almost on the other side mm-hmm. of it. But Jeff reached the graveyard first. He was a little bit ahead of me. But as we were walking up, as you're walking up there, you'll see this one tall headstone that is almost a darker red color compared to the rest of them, who, which are, you know, the typical gray. And I saw a man standing, uh, standing next to it, looking at these, what at the time I didn't see them there because they were shorter headstones, but looking at these two gravestones. But I like, I looked down to like kind of watch my feet because I didn't want to fall. And whenever I looked back up, he was gone. I walk over there, and it was um, the head. I forget what the first name was, which I hate that, but it was a Chastain. Mm-hmm. And the headstones that it, he would have been looking at were two children that had lambs on top of the headstones. And I thought that was really interesting, but that was about it. I do want to point out something, though, that's interesting as I'm sitting here thinking. So I understand that with time, a lot of headstones can be um, worn to where you can't read anything. So to assume that the grave was just a headstone with no marking, that's nothing but an assumption. For it it to be claimed that that was never used as any kind of orphanage or child children for a bit or Homeford Bain and children. There were an awful lot of children's graves in that cemetery for considering the Chastains only had one child noted to have died. Yes. Um, There were several baby small graves and some of them didn't even make sense like there was one grave that by the age of it it would have been a two-year-old child but the space between the headstone and the footstone was like two feet well i've never met a two foot tall two-year-old right Mm -hmm. you know so there was just there were a few things in that cemetery that didn't really add up yeah unless there was like other families that were like hey can we get it on your graveyard i guess but I did feel like I was looking for something the whole time, just because I kept passing by headstones and like just checking the names just over and over and over again because I was like, it felt like, okay, something's gone yeah. almost. Yeah. Like looking for something, but it was, I, I, I didn't have enough solid thought process on it to look further. I will say, whoever is the caretaker for that graveyard, you need to go check out Miss Mary Chastain's grave because oh, it is yeah. somebody's oh. di- something's digging that up. Something is digging that up, and you might come up there one day, and there's just a casket just <laughs> chilling there. <laughs> because yes, I mean, the hole that is at her headstone is massive. So now I'm going to get into the investigation of the property. When we first walked into the house, all of us walked into the children's room with all of the toys. All of us were drawn up to that room, mm-hmm. and so we we did most of our stuff in there. Again, I was drawn to this room the entire time we were there. We immediately got out our dowsing rods and started asking questions. I set a baseline for the rods, which was show me yes, they crossed, and show me no, they stayed straight. At first, we thought we were talking to Alice, but then quickly realized that it wasn't her. I asked if I was speaking with Sarah, the rods crossed. Now, at first, we thought it was Alice. Because she was so inviting at first. Mm-hmm. An important thing I think I w- to note was whenever we were talking with Sarah, how one would stay straight and the other one, it was only one of them was moving with Sarah. Yes, yes. Because that, that, that seemed to be like her tell, like, hey, this is me. Yes, exactly. 
And again, Alice was very inviting at first, but Sarah was very shy and timid. Mm-hmm. So that's why we thought we were initially talking to Sarah, or I mean, Alice at first. So once we realized it was her, and again, y'all can y'all can jump in at any point because mm-hmm. I, I threw some things in here together and y'all can be like, oh, but this happened too. So, yeah. so once we realized it was Sarah, I asked her, there are a lot of children here. The rods crossed. I asked if there were more than 14 children. The rods crossed. I asked if there were more than 25 children. The rods crossed. Jennifer quickly said, you have to remember that she's a child and may not have a grasp of numbers. Then Zoe asked, ask her if she's four or five because Zoe kept getting yeah, four or five. And it was bad. It was odd to me because I was like, I don't think this is the number of children. Yes. <laughs> like she's like trying to tell me her yeah. age. I asked Sarah if she was five. The rods crossed. So I left it there just because yeah. she doesn't have a grasp of numbers. Mm-hmm. She, yeah. It crossed. Sarah is five. I then asked Sarah if she would give me a hug. I squatted down to her level, and the right dowsing rod slowly touched my right arm as to mimic a one-armed hug. I sat down on the floor with my K2 meter. This is a a device that reads EMFs, electronic magnetic fields. I should also mention that there is absolutely no electricity or central heating and air in this house, and there never has been. I sat the meter in front of me and asked for Sarah to touch the device. So this was kind of slow. Because she was unsure about it, mm-hmm. I would assume. But I did touch it. I was like, see how it lights up? And then eventually we were getting like a little bitty like blinking green mm-hmm. light. So then Jennifer is like, can you make it go all the way to red? We kind of sat there for a little bit. And all of a sudden this thing went all the way to red sitting right in mm-hmm. front of me. And it just kept going red, red, red. Mm-hmm. Like it was like she was like, boop, 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 boop. Mm-hmm. Like, see what I'm doing? I'm doing yeah. it. So we were like, good job, Sarah. And I think that's why she communicated with us so much because we were like. I also. Positive reinforcement. Yes, I'm sorry. For, yes. for no. a little child. Yes. Positive reinforcement. It also makes me think maybe all the bad stuff happened after Alice because if Alice was very open with greeting us, but I feel like she ne- didn't necessarily have a lot to talk about because maybe she didn't experience. She didn't the other have girls. those experiences. She didn't, I, she didn't have the negative issues. I also wonder too, so you've got to think about back in that time period, there was a very specific set of rules of how you behaved considering Mm -hmm. on your position in the house. So that was Alice's family's home and she was older than Sarah. So I wonder if she felt like you can, if she died at 10, she had already been watching her mother play hostess. Mm -hmm. Right. So I wonder if she kind of feels like, okay, well, it's my job to welcome the people into my home exactly, and do all this. And, And again, just conjecture. But when you think about the time period that they lived, that's how the lady of the house would behave and she almost behaved like the lady of the house right and i mean you weren't picking up mary chastain you Mm -hmm. weren't picking up jason chastain so i feel like sarah or i mean alice she's like i am the lady of the house right my parents aren't here i should greet these people i'm just and again just conjecture but i mean that's a very real possibility i feel like yes i actually did get the meter going off on video, so I will include that on the Facebook page. Uh, we did migrate around to the different rooms, not really getting a whole lot. Um, again, we were so drawn to the toy, the toy room, the children's yeah. room, that we kind of just stayed in there. We were getting so much activity and so mm-hmm. many responses that it was 
it was really we were like we, let's just stay here yeah I don't, and good, I don't even know why but like, for, for a good 45 minutes to an hour you were getting answers to mm-hmm. every question it, that you mm-hmm. asked it was that that was their comfort room yes that was their safe space exactly during, during the day yes yes during the day now we did this for a little while and it was still daylight outside. We decided to go to a little corner store that's right around the corner from the house. Mm-hmm. We got some refreshments. We used the bathroom. Remember, actually, before we went to the store, Zoe and I both mentioned we started feeling an apprehension to nighttime. Yes. Because I remember talking to you about it of saying that I can't tell if this is like, well, a lot of kids are scared of the dark. Is exactly. this yes. Is this a I'm scared of the dark mm. or is something coming? Like it was hard to, right. to differentiate because we had the conversation of if you died as a child yes. scared of the dark and you spend eternity scared Ew, of the dark, I, how horrible that would be. But <laughs> Ricky had been telling us multiple times this place changes when nightfall comes. Yes. Just make sure when you say telling us, you mean like you and Lauren and them. Because Zoe and I yes. kind of purposely stay yeah. away. Yes. Yes. So, yes, we did uh, took the trip to the store because most of the time hauntings and activity will ramp up once night falls. Mm-hmm. When we got back to the house, Jennifer immediately said the whole vibe had changed. I was talking to Ricky mm-hmm. and y'all were sitting on the front porch of the house. She said, you know the feeling of excitement when your parents are about to be home? It's like that, but not in a good way. Because I, I, um, growing up, I would always get home from school before mom. Mm -hmm. And it felt exactly like that thing of, I can feel that she's almost home. But for the girls, it was like, I can feel that whoever it is is almost home. It's time to start, stop having fun and time to get quiet. Yeah. It felt like a, you need to be quiet. So when I got done talking to Ricky, y'all told me that we went, we headed back into the house. And of course, we went back into the child's room, the mm-hmm. children's room. We sat on the floor and began again. This time, I asked if I was still talking to Sarah. The rods stayed straight because, again, I was asking, you know, is, is Sarah in here with us? And nothing was happening. Mm-hmm. So then we were like, okay, Sarah's not talking to us anymore. Jennifer quickly mentioned that... It was a male spirit now. And I think, Zoe, you said that too. Mm. But like an older male spirit. Not old, but older than a child. Yeah, it was not a a child. Yes. And that he wasn't allowing the girls to communicate anymore. I asked if it was Mr. Chastain, the rods that stayed straight. Then Zoe said, it feels like some sort of caretaker. So I don't know if it, you said he stays in barn two. I don't know if they had several people that kind of joined in and everything. It, it felt like it, it felt different. It felt like a different uh, person than what was in the other It barn. was not the same person. Yeah, no. that was Because that, that thing stayed in barn two. Right. So this was a completely different mm-hmm. entity. Right. So when I asked if it was a caretaker, the rods crossed. So I'm assuming that they had, they had several hands. I then asked if he was the one not allowing the girls to communicate with us anymore. The rods crossed for yes. So then I asked if he wasn't allowing them to talk to us anymore because he preferred being the dominant presence in the home. The rods crossed. He was literally holding these girls back from talking to us. In fact, where the other girl resides in the attic, they all retreat up there during the night. Mm-hmm. according to Zoe and Jennifer. And actually, Ricky mentioned that they all go up there, too. I then asked if Mr. Chastain was a good man. The rods stayed straight, which means no. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm assuming he was the one, probably head honcho in 
you know, we're, we're going to. Well, I want to, I want to say this. Um, and I, I think I mentioned this when we did the Tilly Bend episode, when you die, you're still you. So it's not like when you die, you are incapable of lying. So I don't necessarily take it as gospel that it's not Mr. Chastain. Yeah. You know, because if there's things that he did in secret that were bad, he's going to have that same energy like whatever was in Barn 2 of not wanting to sully his own name. Mm -hmm. So I am not necessarily convinced that it wasn't Mr. Mr. Chastain. But I'm also not going to sit here and be like, no, that was Mr. Chastain. But I just want to put that out there that they can still lie to you. Yes, yes. So when you say, is this Mr. Chastain, and it stayed at no, that doesn't mean that that's the truth. Exactly. Because it was almost a fear. The trepidation that we felt beforehand was like, it was almost like, I don't know if you, anybody, like when I grew up, my mom was a stay-at-home mom. And if we did something really bad during the day, it would be just wait till your dad gets home. Exactly. And that was almost the feeling that we got as it grew closer to nighttime. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. So we did go out and investigate other places. Because I actually think we actually went into the child's room a third time. Mm-hmm. So, on our way out to investigate other places, we left a glow stick for the children. Mm-hmm. Because before, Zoe and Jennifer mentioned that the girls, it's like they're afraid of the dark. These are kids. You are still mm-hmm. who you are when you die. They were they were children. They could be absolutely afraid of the dark. So, we left the glow stick for them because it broke my heart. So, we left the damn glow mm-hmm. stick. Mm-hmm. Once we got back down to the bottom floor, Zoe and Jennifer decided to check out the back right room since we hadn't covered that spot yet. I I asked her to come back there because it was baffling me how upstairs was so energy filled. But while downstairs felt void, that back corner room felt especially void. Yeah. And it was like just absolutely empty of anything. Almost like a black hole. Yeah, and as we were walking back, I felt like it just like a hard a hard stop and aggression and just trying and to scare and I had that that what was that called? The binoculars? Yes, I had the binoculars on because I th- thought that that was fascinating to me. Yeah, the night vision? <laughs> yes. Because uh, I remember we were over there and I was like kind of scanning and I remember on the room across I saw in the corner, it looked like a little figure sitting in that little corner, but in that room, well, uh, you say what well, you Well, as, as you and I, because you and I were walking pretty much side by side yeah. back there to that room, and when I got most of the way to that room, I felt like um, an actual physical shove backwards, and I got super dizzy in that exact same moment, because I kind of took a couple steps backwards, mm-hmm. and it took me a second to process what had just happened. And whatever was in there did not want us in there. Of course, me being me meant, by God, I'm going in. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so when I went in there, it was kind of like, you know, I was saying to him, I'm not afraid of you. Mm-hmm. You're not going to frighten me. I will go where I want to go type of a thing. And Zoe caught... Um, that there was an orb as I'm walking around this yes. room, basically I, challenging this spirit. Like you pick the wrong one, I will not be bullied. That this orb was just following me around the room. I <laughs> wish I had pressed record on that thing a lot sooner, um, because I don't. At that this point, it's just 
what I what I, me saying what I saw with it, but that orb was did not stay stuck to her shirt like it was because I saw her go in and this orb come from behind the door or where the door should be and then it just stuck right on her. Yeah, and I was like, yeah, okay. You know where Emily was through all of this? They turned around and Emily was in the front yard because I was <laughs> like, no. <"Nope." laughs> yeah, yeah, because I don't know if y'all saw it physically, like make me yes, take a couple uh, steps back. The yeah. reaction yeah. that you two both had simultaneously, I, I was in the <laughs> front yeah, yard. Yeah, because Zoe, I was like, how's it going in there? Because <laughs> we had the reaction at the exact same yes. second. Because you and Zoe were walking <laughs> back. Because this is this room is located underneath the stairs over mm-hmm. to the right. Mm-hmm. So as you were walking back there, Jennifer like stepped back and like had her hand on part of the staircase. Like what? And at the same time she did that, Zoe was like, "Oh no, fuck that, fuck that! I'm not doing that." I was like, <laughs> uh-huh. "I was standing there, and they're both like, I'm like looking around. What? What just happened? What happened? What happened here?" No, Emily was very reactionary and was in the front yard. I was like, I was out of that house real quick. It was very abrupt of it felt empty, then full. Yes. And I almost, like, as after that evening, I always, like, reflect on things. And because sometimes when you're in the moment, it's hard to put two and two together. And um, I can't help but wonder if my reaction to that and calling that spirit out wasn't why the evening ended up like it was. Because it was like, well, I can't intimidate this person. So I almost wonder if I kind of ruined the rest of the evening because I was like, uh, I ain't the one. Not today, you know? And it's it's possible that that was the case. Feeling that their reaction after that was just like, okay, cowardly. But (laughs) because after I stood my ground in that room, whatever was there withdrew. It decided that it was not going to frighten me. It's like, okay, well, I can't frighten her. And that's really all I have in my wheelhouse is frightening. So if I can't frighten her, I'm just kind of, there's nothing I can do. There's nothing else I have. That kind of solidifies to me that that it wasn't the... um, Man. Jason? Jason. Jason. It made me think that it wasn't him because I was thinking about it. I'm like, we are coming into his house and we aren't being afraid. That would, I would imagine, cause aggression rather than withdrawing. So it makes me not think that that was him. Right. Although I did find it interesting because you and William kept saying Jacob and I kept saying Jason. And then I would pull yes. back to myself. I meant, I meant, I meant Jacob. And then you were like, Jennifer, you were right. His name is Jason, not yes. Jacob. Yes. Because whenever y'all were saying Jacob, I would be like, Jason. mm -hmm. well and even William was like no it's it's Jason Chastain and I was like I'm pretty sure you're dumb and he was like uh you are look it up and I looked it up and it was Jason Chastain and I was like I retract my statement (laughs) so So that's when we decided to go back outside isn't it yes so Emily's um her chicken little ass has been elevated because I'm in the front yard. I'm like, I want to go back in. And they're like, let's go to the original barn. And I was like, that's not, I don't want to go there. <laughs> and then we're just, and Zoe was like, you know, I don't, I, I had a really like strong experience earlier today. I don't want to go out that way. And then we all just started meandering over that way. And I was I like, well, yeah, I guess we're going because that way. Even yeah, that I was, was like, the log even, cabin. Even I was like, I don't know if I want to go up there again. Yes. You know, and then I just turned around and started walking up there because 
Um, and I actually said, we decided to leave the main house for a while and go to the original log cabin. Jennifer and Zoe were very hesitant to go back over there. We all pushed and shoved one another, one another in front of each other. Like, because we were, we wanted to go up there, but we didn't because it was so heavy earlier mm-hmm. in the day. I do want to stay because at some point before that, I walked back to the car and... As you're, like, walking alone, it felt and sounded like someone was walking behind me. It wasn't like a... It was kind of, like, nervous because this is a person that seemed like a higher level. Not in, like, spiritually, but, like, ranking-wise. And that's when I was like, there's soldiers in the yes, yard. Yes, yes. So, and the yes. soldiers, uh, like they, I said like, before, seemed to be uh, guarding. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I was just... I was walking by myself in this yard. <laughs> and for so. whatever bad happened to children in that house, I think the experience for the soldiers were opposite because we don't talk a whole lot about them. Mm-hmm. But they were more grateful. There was a there was a feeling of gratitude from the mm-hmm. soldiers. So whatever bad happened with the kids, the soldiers had a different experience. That was a place of, of respite for them. Right, right. So we come out of the main house after Zoe and Jennifer had their experience with whomever was in that little bottom right room. We were pushing each and shoving each other up the hill over to the original log cabin mm-hmm. because we were going to do something in there. It was nightfall at this point. Mm-hmm. So we went as a group. Yes. It was me, Emily, Zoe, Jennifer, Jeff, and William. And Jeff had the yeah. Yes. And Jeff decided to get out the spirit box and do a quick session on the left side of the cabin, which was the, the section that's, or it's sectioned off. Mm-hmm. It was the part of the cabin that's sectioned off. He got the box going to where it was, he got it to where he wanted it. Mm-hmm. And he was like, it just said Jeff. It just said my name. I'm pretty sure. While he was in this little tiny room. I was, I was the closest to where he was too. And it, it did, in fact, he sound like it said it Jeff. It said Jeff. Because I remember earlier, I was like, I want to go in there with the spirit box because it felt like the girls were in there at that mm-hmm. point in time. But once Nightfall hit, I was like, my head was like, I don't want to do anything that might draw the girls over into that room because I don't want, I, I don't want them right. to feel that again. Right. Yes. He stayed in there with the spirit box for a little while longer. I didn't hear anything, other responses coming out of it, but he also had it on a very low volume, mm-hmm. so I couldn't really tell if anything was coming out of the spirit box. It was just Jeff, and ma- like there were some things that might have been words, but it was really hard to tell. Yeah. Um, and I didn't want to s- say what they might have said. And remember, you were standing there with me, and I kept thinking something was crawling on my leg yes. and messing with my leg. And I mean, come on, it's summertime in Georgia. We're out in this weird cabin, so I'm thinking it's just bugs, but every time we would look, there was nothing there was on nothing me. There was nothing there. And it just felt like something was crawling up my legs, and I, I started, like, stamping my feet, and finally, at one point, I was like, stop! And, and it did. The entire yeah. time I was in there, I kept looking behind me, because it felt like there was someone standing back there. Yeah. It didn't feel like an adult, but it didn't feel like a child, either. So it was very interesting to me for that aspect. William of it. and I stayed outside. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And but even being outside, I had to keep turning and turning and turning because I was like, I feel like everywhere I'm turning, there's somebody watching me, no matter like yes. like someone's gonna come up behind me. Well, I did put in here that Jennifer, while we were standing in the larger part of the cabin, that you were like, Zoe, is there somebody standing behind me? And Zoe looks over and she's like, Yep. And I'm like, so Lauren's slowly backing out of the door. <laughs> it didn't feel like whatever was it, the, whatever that other entity was, it wasn't malicious. It didn't feel like it was aggressive to me. Mm-hmm. It, it it felt very out of place for in there, and like that's why it was bought. It was like kind of baffling my brain because like I didn't 
feel like I was in danger of whatever it was standing behind us, but right. it was like, just be aware that he was there. Yeah. Could have been one of the soldiers. And that true. is very true. Yeah, very true. Jeff wasn't at at some point he he stopped getting responses on the spirit mm-hmm. box inside mm-hmm. the cabin. So we decided to stop the session in the cabin. Jeff came out and he was acting super out of it. Yeah, you super could, at the weird. moment he walked out it was almost like there was just kind of like this blanket it, was, over him that was like I was there like, was even a look in his eyes that was kind of like and he immediately out was of like right. let's go to the crawl space. And I I had to be yes. I was like Jeff Jeff Stop. <laughs> yes, he like take up. a second. Yes, just, and it just was take so weird because he hadn't gone to the crawl space or anything, but he walked out. He was acting super strange, like something had affected his vibe. Yeah, yes. while he was in that small, yes. and he was just like, "Let's go to the crawl space." And we're like, "Take a moment." And he's yeah. like, "No, no, no, let's go to the crawl space." Like he was super adamant about going to the crawl space to yes. the point that we had to stop him. Yeah, we were him. like, "Bro, just chill for I, a second. I kind of had a thought about that because thinking about it, we were all women, mm-hmm. except for and William didn't had, go in, and he in. and he was carrying. So thinking about it, Jeff was the only one there that was, was also, vulnerable. Was yeah, it was vulnerable because me and Mom we're fully wearing like okay, mm. yeah, <laughs> stop, yeah, and my and like with the women, the most of the that that men would probably do is scare us, but Jeff was the only one that wasn't caring, was a woman, and was just kind of there right. for most of it. Right. We went over to the crawl space. Mm-hmm. Yes. This yes. time, instead of Zoe and Jennifer, it was Jeff, Zoe, and William. I originally didn't want to go down, but I felt like I was like, they're going to that back room. I want to go because that's yeah. where I really, really wanted to go. Yes. So I do have to point this out. It's a little bit of humor, but um, I will crawl into dark crawl spaces after ghosts, no problem, but we saw a massive... <laughs> Spider as big as my hand, and that was enough for Jennifer to say nope. Yeah. I, will crawl, <laughs> I will crawl in the dark after ghosts and spirits, but I ain't crawling in there with spiders. Yes, Forget there, it. Was, there was a wolf spider on like the opening of yes. the crawl space, and I pointed it out, and everybody saw it. And Jennifer was like, "Well, I was going to go under there, but I don't deal with spiders." Yeah, so. <laughs> I wouldn't either. So the fact that I went under there still kind of like then, I don't know what we did to it, but all I don't even think we did, but. All Jeff walked we, under and it darted. Yeah, Jeff darted. walked under the into thing it. The darted, and, and I was like, the worst thing other than a spider isn't, is a spider that I don't know where it's gone. You so. know it exists, but you don't know where it's at. Nope. So I was yes. like, I was, I just kept looking at the ground. I'm like, where is the spider at? Like, because it was yes. massive. Zoe, Jennifer, I mean, sorry. Zoe, Jeff, and William went into the crawl space. Lauren, Emily, and Jennifer did not. <laughs> so no. we, we were all, <laughs> yes, we, we were. We weren't going to leave. We didn't, if something were to happen, we weren't, we were going to stay there. So again, the crawl space is not original to the property. This is something that the judge did. So the fact that there were several soldiers under there was very strange. At one point, Jennifer was wondering if there were tunnels underneath the home at some point. But I think that they just retreated under there because I, from what I've read, all the soldiers were put into the attic. For, for a hideaway. Well, uh, that makes me wonder if, because the girls occupied the attic at night, I wonder if the soldiers went down to the crawl space because that's where the girls were. Maybe. Maybe so. Could be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When they went under there, Jeff got out his spirit box again and started, started asking questions. Zoe and William joined in. And you may be able to tell us more questions, Zoe, and answers, but I know at some point the spirits are... 
Yeah, the spirits asked you and William to leave and basically only wanted to talk to Jeff. It was interesting because um, I when Jeff first went in, I was I gave him a cigarette because I was like, there's soldiers down here. Cigarettes were like gold. Right. They, so, they would smoke. Yeah. So I figured it would kind of help invite kind of a nice, comforting, comfortable talking yeah. space for them. And I was like, I'm going to go under there, too. So I start crawling under there and we get there. We get situated. We're sitting there. And we, Jeff is asking, like, is anyone here? And we hear a man go, hey, just very abrupt. And that was through the spirit box. That was through the spirit box. And we started asking questions. I was like, uh, Jeff asked if it was the caretaker. And he, and he was like, yeah. And I was like, are you the caretaker? I was, I asked him if he was the caretaker from upstairs. And he just went, hey, again. Like, he had no interest in talking to right, me. Right, right. Because my, how I thought about it was. I'm a woman. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> why Why would a man talk to me if it's yep. from this time period? And then I started feeling like me, like I specifically wasn't welcome there. And I was like, do you want me to leave? And it just went, hey, again. The one week answer. The one week. Oh, yeah. We were like, how long? I believe we asked, how long did you stay here? And he was like, a week. And we thought, okay, interesting. And then... That's whenever uh, I would ask, I asked the questions and it would just go, hey, again, like it wasn't wanting to right, talk to me. Right, right. And that's, and I asked, do you want us to leave? It was silence. Like, do you want me to leave? Yeah. And then when William was like, do you want me to go too? It's like, yeah. And then leave. And then that's where we're like, okay, peace out. Deuces. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it was very interesting because Jeff still felt, had like a weird vibe going on. Mm-hmm. With him. Well, and Jeff kept saying too, this guy wants to talk to me. This guy wants to talk to me, um, which made me a little bit, and it, this was before he went back in there the second time. And, and this was, you know, when we were trying to get him to wait a minute and get himself together, he was like, no, this guy wants to talk to me. Right. Yes. But I'm pretty sure after Lynn and Zoe left, this nothing really came through the spirit box. But what was really strange is that we pretty much had to coax Jeff out. Yes. Like, I finally had to be like, Jeff, it is starting to rain out here. And he was like, okay, okay, I'm coming out. But nothing was coming through. So it makes me wonder if... Whatever was changing his vibe from the log cabin wanted him alone because he was vulnerable and that's mm-hmm. all he wanted. He wanted Zoe and William to leave and now he's down there in that crawl space by himself, but it's not communicating with him. I think it was more feeding off of his mm-hmm. energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we had to finally put a kibosh on it. We we're like, Jeff, we you need to get out from underneath the crawl space. Yeah. And once he took a break and was away from it, he went right back to acting normal, mm-hmm. Jeff. But it was just really strange strange how much the energy affected him while he was down there. Yes. And I even, when I was putting this story together, I texted him and I said, Hey, did you ask any other questions? And did you get any other responses while you were in the crawl space by yourself after Zoe and William had left? Mm -hmm. And he was like, they just toyed with me after that boring ass ghost. (laughs) So I was like, I thought that was hilarious. And that's Jeff being Jeff. That's Jeff being Jeff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's just, who he is. And that would be a normal, that's normal Jeff response. Mm-hmm. So he came out from under the house. We decided to move to something else as a group. Yes. And by the time we did that, the judge's son was actually talking to Ricky out in the front yard. But we didn't interact with him yet. I did. So you guys yeah, went we to, the to the barn. Well, too. she didn't go to the barn with us yes, the second time. Yes. yes. So, I, so I stayed with Lynn and... But first Bob. we went back into the house to regroup. Remember, we sat on the couch. Yeah, we, we were just like, kind of regrouped. And- we were like, okay, what do we want to do now? Because again... 
like Jennifer said before, uh, not a lot of stuff was happening because I think um, they were afraid of Jennifer and Zoe. <laughs> so I was like, well, I'd really like to go to barn two. So we were making our way over there and we realized that the judge's son, Bob, was there talking to Ricky, the caretaker, and he was interested in what we had found. Mm-hmm. So Emily and William, when we were walking over to barn two, Emily and William stayed and talked to Ricky and Bob. And me, Zoe, and Jennifer went over to barn two again. Yeah, and Jeff too. Oh, and Jeff. Yes, Jeff went with us too. Because he had the spirit box. Yes. And then that's where I actually put the bridge in here this time. (laughs) Oh. We walked back over to barn two, the four of us. We made it over there. And I put, I said, this gross man (laughs) that did those horrible things to those children hid from us. I. He was most definitely frightened by Jennifer and Zoe. I had my K2 meter and Zoe asked if she could borrow it. It started going off when she put it up to the loft in the front right section. It, what, what was technically going on, it was, it felt like it was hide and seek almost because I would hold it up because I could feel that he was above us. Yeah. I would hold it up till it went to the red. I'd knock real hard and then it would be back to just flatlined and I would just scan it. And it'd be ever so slightly moved, and I would knock, and it would just continue moving. Yeah. Like, I, I, because at that point, um, I was so angry with what this person had done. I was kind of letting it cloud my judgment. I would not suggest going and uh, in, in, antagonizing ghosts. Yeah, because, even, I mean, Zoe, kinda, <laughs> Zoe and I kind of went in there with a, with, an, it, with a mission to um, bully this ghost. I mean, okay. really, because, <laughs> because when we, I don't know if you remember when we walked up to it, I walked up to the to the barn door and went bam 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 on the barn door really yes, fast and yes. then uh and then when i unlocked it and opened it i opened it really abruptly and all the way because i was just kind of like we're coming in yeah mm-hmm. we're yeah. invading your little safe space you don't get to have your little safe yeah. space right now so, so we're so. coming in and and it played the coward like i pretty mm-hmm. much figured it would yes so i yeah. thought it was funny like I remember, I remember laughing because I thought it was funny that because I still had that image that I got in my head playing in my, in my brain. Like you are willing to hit a child like that, yeah, and because do those they were children. Yeah, it was almost like it's like we can't go back and undo what you did to these children. But for the next few minutes, you're going to feel what it feels like to be the one without any power. Right, mm-hmm. right, exactly. And actually, Zoe was like, "I feel like if me and Lauren were to stay in here, it would be people, very different. It would be very different." And and you even said, "Well, you should have said something," and I would have walked away. And then Zoe was like. No, it was like a wait till I get you alone type thing. Because Which me and Zoe were not, we were like, we don't want any part of that. Right. I don't have to the full extent what mom can do. Um, I can't physically see their form. I can't see them like walking towards me or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I can just feel them because I um, normally, because of my own things, men make me nervous. And I feel like he could tell that uh, because if whenever mom left Anytime mom left that barn, I was right behind her because I did not feel comfortable being in there by myself. Yes. And while I am taller than her, I still felt like if she wasn't there, I'd be extremely vulnerable. And I'm, I put off a, a big, uh, one of these days I'll have to tell you how some people have described what I use to protect myself. But you've also got to think whenever I do these things with Zoe, I am her mother. And so there's a certain level of you ain't messing with, with my, child. my child while I'm so, standing here. Yeah. A lot of people said that they feel intimidation when they walk past the barn, 
even Ricky's brother Randy was there when we first arrived that day, which y'all had said that. And he gets the worst feeling when he walks over there to the point that he keeps his hand on his gun when walking by. And that's what the spirit does. He likes for you to be scared. He doesn't want you to go in there because, again, like Jennifer said, he knows what he did. Mm -hmm. He doesn't like for other people to know what he's done. He was hiding from us. So we didn't really get anything out of him after telling him to show himself because y'all were doing that. You were like, show yourself. Let us know that you're here. You were banging on the law. Zoe was banging on the law. (laughs) I was trying to get him to come down. (laughs) Then we were like, okay, he's not going to do anything. Mm -hmm. He's afraid of us. And I feel like for me, I don't have your gift. So I was freaked out because I can't see these things. Right. All I know is what you guys have experienced and told me. Which freaked me out. Right. (laughs) And so I feel like he could feel my fear. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then Zoe I felt very protective over you. Like, I did not want to leave your side specifically. Yeah. Like, like, especially whenever we were outside at any point. Because I was, like, thinking about it. Because I was like, you don't see that. And I was Mm -hmm. like. (laughs) I'm very interested. And I'll pretty much follow you guys anywhere. But Mm -hmm. at the same time, I can't see what you see. I can't. I feel fear. Mm Mm-hmm. I was afraid of the barn, but I had you guys. Mm. So I was like, eh, they'll, yeah, let me know. Mm-hmm. We got back over to Emily and William. And actually, when we were walking away from barn two, I was like, I feel like he's watching us. You're like, yeah, he's he's watching you walk away. That, I mean, that's like his thing, too. Mm-hmm. That's what he does. He's always up in the loft. He'll watch you. So we get back over to Emily and William. They were talking to Bob, the judge's son. Mm-hmm. They told us that they heard children playing and laughing in the road yeah while William and I were standing there talking to Bob and Ricky I would just every once in a while I would turn around and look at the field that's across the street from the Chastain house and then I would turn and continue the conversation and I could see Lynn turning around and looking at the same thing and then finally both of us at the same time turned around and flashed now Lynn has these like amazing flashlights (laughs) you can see everything lynn and i almost like it was synchronized turned and flashed our lights to the field and i was like did you hear that and he was like i've been hearing it the whole time we've been talking i was like i have been too that's why i keep turning around it it sounded and i was trying to figure out is that a bird out in the field or something but it wasn't a bird and it just sounded like kids were playing tag and like you know how kids scream when they're playing tag and when they're it sounded like there were children screaming like but it wasn't uh like a scary scream it was more like a playful scream right but lynn and i both heard it at the same exact time lynn is also william sorry sorry yeah we we call him the old leonard skinner (laughs) the man of many names yes yes but yeah keep going yeah so lauren and them walked up now bob and ricky said that they didn't hear it but at the same time we're there investigating so our ears are perked yes those kinds of things bob his name is robert Lauren continued calling him Bob Robert. Robert. The well, whole night. I was like, if I call him both, then I'm 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 Getting touching right on both on names. Yes. yes. So Bob, his dad has owned the property since 2008. So he grew up. Him and Ricky would they would spend nights in the house. He said that he hasn't been in the house in years, but he wanted to join in with us on our investigation if we did not mind which we were like sure you know you're more than welcome to come back in the house for our last portion of the investigation maybe that might conjure up some because like we said nightfall came and it's like we were getting we were getting some things but it just was not as active as during the day so i was like maybe if he goes in the house they'll remember him and it'll conjure up something 
He said that one night they had set a hammock up in one of the rooms. And when they came in, the hammock was swinging. Mm. Like something had pushed it and it was swinging. Now, That's cool. This is an older house, but you have to remember it's been renovated. It's really not drafty. Mm-mm. It's pretty closed up. There's yeah. not a lot of drafts or anything, but he said it was full swinging. And when they would stay there, he would always hear footsteps he would play his guitar, and he heard something tell him to quit that one oh, day. Oh, so he he had a lot of experiences with that house growing up, and he said it had been a couple of years before since he had been in the house itself. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Going back to you and William hearing the kids playing, there have actually been a lot of stories that say sometimes you can hear the children laughing and playing in or outside of the house Mm -hmm. on the property. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was pretty cool that Mm -hmm. William and Emily heard that while they were standing there talking to Ricky and Bob. Mm -hmm. Bob Robert. Did you touch on there what you told me that the field was used for? Because that's another thing too, because you had mentioned that that field was... For a while, used as an encampment yes, for the yes. Cherokee Indians. Mm-hmm, it was. Before they were marched out of there. And you got to think, they would have had kids. True. Also. And also, <clears throat> it's torn down. And you can't even tell where it was. But there was a general store across the road, too. Okay. So, they had that also. There's just a whole bunch of things going on. That, yeah, it That really piece of is. land, there is so much crap. Um, and then, yes, Bob wanted to come investigating with us. So, again... We made our way up to the children's room. Yes. Because the there's so, just... it's so active. Yeah. And I, I don't know why. And we were all drawn up there. At least I was. But we, so we just, we all went in there. We got out our dowsing rods again. We got out the K2 meter. Jeff whipped out his spirit box. I asked, or I was asking the male spirit with my dowsing rods, because remember, he isn't allowing the children to communicate at this point. If he mm. remembered Bob. Mm. I do want to mention that someone did say that they were Sarah, but it was doing it. Both arms were moving. Yeah. And and I remember pointing out, I was like, no, Sarah was only moving one, one, one arm because I feel like she was doing that on purpose to be like, Hey, just in case. Well, or, and the fact that she was five, maybe manipulating two was too much for her. Yeah. So uh, that's whenever, like whenever, cause I remember you asking like, is Sarah here? And it did both crossing. I was like, uh, uh, no, no, no. It ain't her. (laughs) That's not right. (laughs) Yeah. And again, Bob and, and Ricky would stay overnight in the house. And he did mention he did, would stay on the porch sometimes. I guess if it was nice weather out. I guess. Because, so. the, again, the house didn't have heating and air. Yeah. So if it was nice outside, they would just chill out on the porch. And they would hear crazy things like footsteps throughout the house. So I was asking if they remembered Bob. They reluctantly crossed for yes. Which Bob was like, come on, guys. You remember who I am. I think the girls would have answered no problem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But since it was this other spirit manipulating the rods, mm. he was like, oh, I don't know. Like, you know, it's like if you go into a family function and they're like, I don't remember you and you were this big. And they're like, I don't know who you are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I think it was kind of like maybe something like that. But he wasn't very, the spirit wasn't very inviting or very talkative. Mm-hmm. I mean, he would answer my questions, but very reluctantly. It was just weird. Because you, you, like you said before, it usually amps up at night and mm-hmm. it was like darkness fell and everything got so quiet. Yes. And you had even suggested turning off all the lights to the equipment to see if we could hear anything and there was like no sounds whatsoever. Nothing. Nothing. I also, during that point in time, I started feeling like, because it was all like a you could almost feel the vibration of everything going on, mm-hmm. but 
once it started getting to that point of night, it just, everything slowed. Everything felt groggy and yeah. just sluggish. And it was odd. It was during this time that that picture was taken where you can see me sitting on that bench. I was sitting on the bench next to you, and you see the little girl in the window that looks like Alice to me. Oh, I but think that this was, was during this time, wasn't it? Because it was I dark. Think it was downstairs. When no. we were walking through that room. Mm-mm. No, this no, was upstairs. No, oh, was this it? is upstairs. Yeah, okay. we had a picture. Yeah, and in the same window that I saw Alice in when we first got there, okay. it was that one. And you okay. can see the little girl's frame in that window mm-hmm. just staring at us. Also, when we were doing, when we were with Bob up in the children's room with the spirit box, it came through. I get an assuming talking to Jeff. It was like visionary master. Yeah, that or was something really like funny. That. It was very clear. Yeah. Visionary master. And I was like, <laughs> I remember say, hearing it and being like, visionary master. <laughs> I was like, I guess that's your name now, Jeff, is, is visionary master. But we thought this was super weird when we turned off all the lights. We didn't hear anything. We weren't getting anything. Mm-hmm. Because usually with hauntings at night, again, everything ramps up and so then we decided to call it a night after that yeah but then before that i had said like these girls are somewhere in this house mm-hmm. i wonder if they're up in the attic yes and jennifer was like i don't do ladders but zoe was like i'll do it yes <laughs> yeah and i because william had taken pictures just so we can get a clear idea of he climbed up there and took pictures but his phone kept shutting off mm-hmm. yes every time he would try to take a picture his phone would cut off yes and so i was like let me go up there because at this point the girls interacted with me a lot right because i'm just good with kids right <laughs> and i started going up the ladder and then all of a sudden it just felt like just a boo of just stop and William was like, you okay? Because the ladder started shaking and I f- could feel myself shaking. And I was like, I wasn't scared to go up there, but it was like, no, 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 no. Kind of like, almost like that is their secret hiding space. Don't invade it almost. And that's why I was like, okay, I'm coming back down because it, it, it just was not correct for me yes, to go up there. It was almost yes. like the girls did not want the male energy down there to know where they were hiding. Right. So like, yeah. no, 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 no. That don't come sense. up here. Don't come up here. Yeah. Like, like they, they don't want to know exactly. And we don't want them to know. And, you know, I think I told you this the next day. So when you're, when I'm in the middle of it, I don't think about how much energy it takes. But, like, when I am trying to get a reluctant spirit to communicate with me, it it takes a massive amount of energy, and I was getting so frustrated not being able to get the answers or interaction that we were getting before it grew dark. When I woke up the next morning, I felt like I had a negative balance in my energy account. I mean, I was exhausted. <laughs> oh, gosh. And I'm like, gosh, I forget sometimes how much energy it takes yes. when I'm trying to push. Like, come on, talk to me, you know, yeah. tell me what's going on. But it was, we all left, even though, it, especially as we're sitting here going over everything, we actually got a lot of really good evidence mm-hmm. um, that there are spirits in this, not just in this house, but on this property. But because it was so quiet at night, when we were just convinced it was going to be an amped up evening because of how active it was, we all kind of left feeling somewhat like disappointed and frustrated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's almost like the spirits, there's not a whole lot on the house. It's almost like there's an agreement. Like, mm-hmm. don't tell them a whole lot because they we didn't keep records for a reason and there's no reason to tell them now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it almost felt like that to me. Yeah. But William has actually grown up, one of our investigators has grown up around this area. 
he would go to this house as a teenager with a group of friends. According to him, there was a spirit there by the name of J.R. Now, Zoe kept getting a Joseph. Yeah. So I'm not sure if this would be the same spirit. Well, I remember or we asked, and he said he was that that he that wasn't it wasn't Jr. And I remember we asked, can you? Because uh, I was holding the dowsing rods at that point, and I was like, "Where is Joseph?" And it went to the corner of the children's room, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Okay, interesting," but it didn't feel prominent enough to explore it. I was thinking about it earlier with how, because I had felt like this wasn't an orphanage, orphanage, but like there's a lot of people here that were like family in a sense there's a a, but not by blood and there's a lot of other people that weren't family right Uh, thinking about it later i'm like we i feel like we should have asked because he didn't feel like a child but he didn't feel like an adult again so i was like in my back of my head like is this one of the teenage boys that did something yeah because he didn't seem to it was just his name and that was it that was it yeah okay interesting yeah so weird secretive ghosts but He said he would go to the house and go to the second floor where this JR was. This is, again, next to the children's room. He would take a ball from the children's room and roll it down the hallway, to which the response to him would be the the ball rolling back to him. Also, remember how Alice would stand in the second story and be peering out the window? William did say he saw a figure up there when he was talking to Ricky about something. Actually, they both... They both looked up there at the same time, like they saw a figure in the window. And then when William went over to barn two by himself, as he made his way over, he said that he heard what sounded like was hard sole work or cowboy boots walking across the road. He shined his flashlight in that direction and nothing was there. He's like, but you could tell it was like a male in boots. Mm-hmm. I was like, did they sound like military boots? And he was like, no, not like that. And he was like, but they were like work boots. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then Ryan Galloway, he also wrote in on the Tilly Bend episode, but he said that he's at, he's been to the house before. He didn't really get anything, but he did experience the feeling of sadness and dread. There was also a police chief, Andy Strait, that was that has a paranormal investigation group called Southern Appalachian Ghost Hunters. And they went into the Chastain house and they kind of taunted the ghosts a little bit, saying things like, I don't really think there's anything here. If you're really here, let me know. Well, the house let out this awful scream. It was like it wasn't a person. It was like the house was screaming. And I was like, like Monster House. <laughs> I know that's exactly I'm like. But that's what he said. It was like the house was screaming at him. So if I was like, oh, okay, that's weird. Also, according to AC Living Magazine, another caretaker that had lived on the property for about four years would see children's footprints trailing up the outer steps in the dew. Mm. So I was like, that's cool. That is cool. Um, And then I also put this in here that it was really sweet. The girls that live in the house, Sarah Ruth and Alice. They love Ricky. Mm-hmm. Jennifer told me that and felt, uh, I just felt compelled to tell the caretaker they love you and they think you're good energy for the place. That was actually Zoe. That oh, told and Zoe. Him that. Yeah. Sorry, Zoe said that too, to me. Because I, because as soon as we felt up, uh, pulled up, I remember seeing him and thinking, someone likes him. Someone yeah. likes him a lot. And this could go back to y'all saying that there's a barrier between him and this mm-hmm. guy in Barn 2. He 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 is the barrier for those yes. girls because he brings so much good energy right there, and like right in there, like a walking. Because like normally, if I'm walking by myself in those kinds of situations, I'm very nervous. 
because walking by myself, my back is turned, I feel very exposed. But the closer you get to his um, camper, it just it just felt good. Yeah. It was like it goes hey, away. We're chill. Yes. And it he he is very, very good people. Yes. And and that's what the girls told you. Mm-hmm. And they were like, We really love oh, him yeah. being here. And I think it's great that he has no qualms staying there <laughs> by himself, like Right. I mean it's great. Yeah. That's what I have for you on the Chastain House. I wanted to thank Judge Robert Sneed for allowing our crew to investigate the property. I want to thank our crew, Jeff, William, Zoe, and Jennifer, Emily, for going with us to the investigation, which, Emily, you, you have no choice. Yeah, yeah, I have no choice in this. <laughs> <laughs> I think each one of y'all brings something unique to the table, and I can't thank you guys enough for allowing Wilted to drag you to these different locations. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah you don't drag us. Yeah, no, we willingly go. I know, you guys. And y'all get so excited and I'm like I'm so glad that they do because I feel like everybody everybody has something Mm -hmm. so and then we just bring it all together and then we get this really great thing this house is a private residence you can't just drive up to it and walk into it you have to have permission from the owner which is the judge so if you wanted to go there you have to get in contact with him do you guys have anything else no, just it was an interesting it evening. Was. Yes, the house is very ass backwards. I, I still actually have moments because I remember a lot of me talking to Alice. Not Alice. Sarah was like, we're going to play later. Like, because I was like, she seemed like she was super, super excited about that. And I'm still like currently having like, I really, really want to go back because I promised I would play with Sarah. And it's been sitting in the back of my head and it's been bugging me. Oh. It's interesting. It's like you left and we didn't play and now I'm sad. Mm. But like, I've never had that kind of like, once I have my interaction with a spirit, it's kind of, you know, mm. but like that's living in the back of my head of like, I got dang, go yeah. I really want to go back. Yeah. I'm sure that he would, mm. he would let us, but uh, please go like and follow us on Facebook at Wilted Colon and Macabre Podcast. You can go follow us on Instagram at Wilted Podcast 21. Or you can leave us some love, suggestions for stories or personal stories at WiltedPodcast at gmail.com. And I think that's that's it. That's all I have for you guys. All right. Until all right. next time, peeps. Until next time. Love you guys. Bye.